This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hey, it's Wrestle Talk's top best uh, matches and pay per views of 2020. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I am Luke Owen. Joining me for this uh, brilliant, excellent top-notch list it's the master of lists himself adam blonde pa hello and of course the man who is in charge of all of us mr davis how are you both jam that jam jam that jam jam that jam everyone so yeah so as we talked about on the best wrestlers of 2020 we've done things slightly differently this year previously ollie and i've done separate lists then we've done an office list where we sort of debated about who should be in those top spots but this year was different this year we put out a questionnaire to not just the on-screen talent but also our website writers our editors our social media team and all the extended family within the WrestleTalk universe. So that's people who've been on the podcast previously, who've been on Quizzlemania, the likes of Sean Ross Sapp, The Friendos, Denise Salcedo, Alex Queen of the Ring, Kashenia. We've had loads of people submit. In fact, 37 people submitted to the form. So I'd like to think that this is the most uh, efficient, the most correct uh, top best matches and pay-per-views of 2020. Mm, Death by committee. Absolutely. We've included the plebs this time. We've really kind of watered down the quality of the picks. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to all be New Japan, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to shock you, Adam, but there were quite a few people who don't have blue check marks who submitted. Unbelievable. That is what why don't why don't we ha- why do we have the check marks if they are Twitter's bouncers? <laughs> you're not wearing <laughs> a blue check mark, you're not coming in. Was it this year that the blue check mark thing happened where no one with the blue check mark was allowed to tweet for a couple of hours? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got shut out in the cold. There was a coup. It'll never happen again, of course. There was a vicious counter-revolution. We we stamped that back down. 
if I recall correctly, you text our WhatsApp group and said, the twos have overtaken the one. <laughs> Absolute uh, liberty. So we'll start with pay-per-views first. Uh, we're going to go through the top five pay-per-views and the top five matches uh, as voted for by uh, the entire WrestleTalk family. Uh, but before we get into that, Adam, what were your feelings on pay-per-views in 2020? Um, it's, it's hard, man. Like this is a it's it's an anomalous year. I I appreciate wrestling moves. I know a lot of people kind of I think like wrestling moves and psychology more than i do but my for me the thing i the reason why i watch wrestling and the reason why i've watched as little wrestling as i could get away with in 2020s there's no crowds uh which really does kind of ruin the experience like i found it like even the best wrestling that there's been you know like full gear had some amazing moments new japan's had some amazing moments uh nxt's had some amazing moments even wwe even the very best of uh no fans wrestling is not a patch on some of the more mediocre aspects of fan wrestling. So like all, all the pay-per-views before COVID, they were pretty good. All the pay-per-views after, just like if it wasn't my job, I, I think I would have probably stopped watching around about money in the bank. <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't want yeah. to kill you off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about you, Mr. Davis? Well, I, you know, my formative adult wrestling fandom years were spent in progress, you know, before it was cool and watching Ring of Honor and stuff. So I'm actually really familiar with no fans being at shows. <laughs> Little reactions yeah. to things. <laughs> you know, uh, an assembly hall in Sittingbourne where the 40 <laughs> people have turned up to watch genuine Walter. I watched Walter versus uh, Michael Elgin in like, I don't know, 2010, 2011 in a school hall where there was about 40 people there and it was awesome. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it would affect me more, particularly with, and I think it has with WWE because they rely on the production aspects a lot more. But it has let the in, this is the in ring, this is the ring work era that we're in. And it's made that even more important. So you can't get away with all of that crowd reaction, smoke and mirrors. And it's I've enjoyed the the raising of the technical aspect. That's because I've found it fascinating to watch throughout the year. WWE work it out like show by show, just sort of working out how to do a show like you go back and watch WrestleMania. It's weird. It's weird to watch back because like there wasn't even anyone at ringside, you know, like we kind of miss like people banging on the plexiglass. But it is like it's so eerie, and mm. Baron Corbin and Elias wrestling in <laughs> utter silence. Well, again, and nothing's and... changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of amazing how WWE managed to figure it out just moments after AEW did. Just moments <laughs> after AEW ran a show with with their own wrestlers in the crowd, and it was like, "Oh, this feels more alive." WWE managed to work it out very, very soon after. That they also there was uh, another bit because right at the start WWE was still shooting the, in the direction of the empty seats, and yes. AEW like moved the hard cam round to look at the Titan Tron <sighs> in the background, and it was like a re oh it was really weird they it was set, so weird they set up all the empty seats so, oh, yeah. so weird do you remember that first SmackDown the first SmackDown which was an empty show and because they went to a commercial break. Um, oh no, no, it wasn't the Triple H one. It went to a commercial break. So uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, Banks and Bailey just stopped wrestling because 
to commercial break. So we don't, there's no fans to perform for. So we're just going to stop wrestling. But forgot the European markets don't have the same <laughs> ad breaks. So the, the European market just got them stopping wrestling. Picture in picture. <laughs> oh dear people come on i mean what's who has anyone like i guess nxt right now i think is the closest to like because i don't like the really spread out fans at aw have that's super weird but like nxt with their kind of individual little pods and they're like tiny little N- nxt kind of bunker kind of, i like that that's hmm. close enough and it's made the last two takeovers actually feel like takeovers again I will say going through uh, going through these results uh, and sort of collating all of these awards together because you two don't know actually know uh, what has been nominated. You don't know what is in our top five. I do. I've got all the information. Three of the shows uh, feature crowds like they are early year, early in the year shows. Yeah, two shows on this uh, on our top five didn't actually uh, didn't have fans in attendance. Uh, I can tell you that missing out on the top five SummerSlam came in at number 10. That scored Mm -hmm. 15 points overall. AEW All Out came in at ninth um, with really? 18 points. I was surprised that All Out came in because I thought All Out left a very sour taste in a lot of people's mouth after the, the Matt Hardy situation. Uh, TakeOver 31 scored 30 points in at eight. WrestleMania 36 uh, came seventh with 32 points. Hmm. Considering, considering like Funhouse and Boneyard, that's low. Oh, yeah, but there was a lot of other stuff on that two-night show. <laughs> I put All Out about that. Lest we forget Baron Corbin versus Elias. Yes, yes, this is true. Uh, and AEW Double or Nothing uh, didn't crack into the top five mm. either, scoring 35 points. So let's dive into the actual official top five now. Uh, with 37 points, two top level nominations, and 15 overall nominations, NXT TakeOver Portland. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The last, the, the last proper takeover, the only proper takeover of this year. Lee versus Dijakovic, Rosa mm. Waits versus Undisputed Era. Match two uh, match of the year candidates right there. Like, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was unsurprised to see this on there. Like, I, I think there was quite a few sort of takeover nominations. Uh, in fact, actually, there was a big pull for um, Worlds Collide, which I actually forgot happened this year. Really good as well. Like, the main event yeah. is bonkers good. I guess yeah, it's just actually, like having real impact, though. It's quite a self-contained Marvel yeah. versus DC thing. It's a what-if pay-per-view. It nearly got into the top 10. Like, it was actually really close. It just got beat out by Hell in a Cell um, and yeah. by SummerSlam and cracking the top 10. Uh, but yeah, I was really surprised by that. But yeah, uh, take over Portland. Very, very happy. Uh, two top-level nominations for that. In at number four, jumping up to 49 points, it's New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom. Both mm. nights, I assume. I, I've, I've added both nights into this. We did kind of get some people voted night one, some people voted night two. And in the end, I just sort of combined their votes together to create sort of an overall thing. Because I get the same thing happened with WrestleMania as well. I just thought it made most sense for those to be sort of cont- like counted as one. I don't like two night shows that aren't tournaments. Really? Controversial Davis. You know, everyone's been clamoring for them forever. And then it happened twice this year. And I'm like, well, I don't I don't remember half the I only remember a show's worth of stuff. And it's (laughs) spread out because like Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom was fantastic. I think that's got like it's got three five star and above rated matches. But it is over the course of like nine hours. Mm. Yeah. 
So and, and, and there's a lot one. of stuff on there that you don't need. Yeah, night one. What? Well, it's all great. Obviously, it's all great. But I'm just thinking you, you've got to be selective about this stuff. Are you yeah. saying that you would prefer if WrestleMania went back to being one night? One one night at three and a half max four hours. They're yes. never going to manage that though. I, I definitely think they should say. This is the problem. It's it's a, a problem they create themselves. Oh yeah, but the the shows are too long. We've got to put it over two nights. And you're like, no, just make the show shorter. I mean, yes, they've got too many titles, too many, <laughs> too many people, and yeah, the the shows go too long. But. To, like everyone getting a WrestleMania pay, I mean, we're not talking about Wrestle Kingdom now at this point because Wrestle Kingdom does go on a bit. But Wrestle <laughs> WrestleMania over two nights is the one thing I think from this year that WWE should keep because everyone gets a WrestleMania payday. They actually get to properly give each of the matches some time, and like, yeah, you can have like two three-hour shows rather than one like five and a half-hour one. I, I like WrestleMania breezed by. And it was weird in places, but there were a lot of good matches on mm. WrestleMania. Oh, hold, hold on, Randy Orton versus Edge did not breeze by. No, that no, it didn't. No, that that's was a true. Whole night by itself, I think. But just reading the reactions to everyone on Twitter was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think with Wrestle Kingdom, they sort of looked at Wrestle Kingdom and were like, I mean, this is a six-hour show. That's too long. Do you know what we should do? Uh, two six-hour shows uh, back to back <laughs> is, is is the way to really get around this problem. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, you know, we, our show's too long. I know. We'll split it into two shows and have some people wrestling twice. It's like, that's <laughs> not the answer. Well, well, we did this on the uh, the Best Wrestlers show where we just started to pick apart the top five. That's not the point. <laughs> you, you had you had Abushi versus uh, Naito. Was it Naito? Oh, yeah. yeah Naito. Naito. It was Abushi Naito uh, on night one and then <clears throat> Naito Okada on night two. And it was like the, yeah. the, the final crowning for for Naito, which was the lovely part of, of New Japan this year. It was it was Abushi Okada, for sure. Oh, I remember doing it correctly. You were absolutely right. Of course it was, because that was the five-star match. Was It was Abushi uh, Okada. Well yeah. done, mate. That's why you're here. Uh, we nearly made a right hit of ourselves then. Um, I played yeah, like, was... recently for a certain list that's coming oh. up in a few weeks. But yeah, like it was really about the the Naito moment. It's about you know his he, his 2019 was just like full of that self doubt and that like depression of just like man, I keep failing. And you you know Seth Rollins once told us this year that uh, wrestling fans can't handle long term storytelling, and yet this Wrestle Kingdom was to crown off a storyline that started at Wrestle Kingdom Eight, like you know the first time that Naito challenged Akada for the title, and what he wanted to do was beat Akada at Wrestle Kingdom in the main event, and this was the time he finally did it, and it was just this lovely moment, and it was nice that we got to have people there for it as well. Like that would have really sucked if that was in one of those moments where there was no one there. Yeah, and Osprey versus Takahashi. Which and, was and wasn't it Liger's final match as well? It was yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. Lots two of final it, yeah. matches. Yeah. Made him wrestle twice. <laughs> <laughs> that um, that Osprey Takahashi match as yeah. well is insanely good. So those so reversals great. at the start are insane. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, at number three, uh, jumping up from forty-nine points for Wrestle Kingdom, seventy-four points for the number three spot with five top-level nominations. It's the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Which I I mean, okay, so I think the men's Royal Rumble was amazing. The women's one wasn't as great because I think they they made the choice. I think they picked the wrong person to win at the end. I think it would have been much better had they stuck with Baszler winning and not changed it to Charlotte. 
the Roman Reigns Baron Corbin match was the match that surprised me the most because I was expecting it to be absolutely dog turd and it ended up being the wackiest Falls Count Anywhere match. Like Baron Corbin got locked in a toilet. Like it was. <laughs> I've completely forgotten all of this. So silly. It was so silly. There was a spear on a dugout. It was very silly. They made dog food out of dog turd. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And dog arguably, food is the is the pinnacle of good, is it? Yeah. They made dog food out of this. Over dog turd, yeah. I didn't yeah, like chicken salad. I've never dog. I've never understood that phrase. You know what? You're right. You prefer dog food to chicken salad. I understand. And lest we forget, arguably the best Fiend match since he debuted. Like since the Valor debut match, the the, the match with Brian, the strap matches, I do think it is the Fiend's best match he's had. And it wasn't red. Do you remember how happy we were? Yes! There was was no red lighting. So you could see the welts from the strap. And man, Brian took a punishing in that. Tried it with Kane, didn't work then. I mean, obviously, there is a there is a better Fiend match of 2020. Obviously. Okay, in ring. In yes, the in-ring right. match, it was it was a much better match. Yeah, I, better. Like his, yeah, his in-ring matches, man, are pretty poo. Are the are the fiends, which is a shame. They just don't I don't like he's such a cinematic character. Mm. Um they just don't know how to do like, yeah, he just stops selling for a bit. Like I didn't even like the strap match that much. Just like it, it feels like you're just waiting for the fiend to stop selling and win. That that's what his, all of his matches seem like. And there was just a bit where Brian just kept hitting him, and like it's a fine enough moment, but it just seems to happen every single match. But the men's rumble is enough to put this on the list by itself. What a match! One of the best rumbles. So so great. Uh, I mean, I was re-watching our reactions. We talked about this in the Best Wrestlers episode, but the um, uh, Drew eliminating Lesnar from the Rumble was like a proper jump out of your seat moment. And then like Drew actually winning. Because I, I went to that match, not a Scooby-Doo that Drew was going to win. I had Roman down to win 100%. I was like, he's definitely winning this. And it's going to be Roman uh, Goldberg or Roman Fiend at uh, WrestleMania at the time we thought it was going to be. Uh, and so Drew winning was this like real like cathartic, they're making a new star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the edge return, like the, that Scottish lad who recorded himself, uh, counting down and his reaction, like the proper, <gasps> like it's <laughs> genuine. It's one of my favorite things from this year. Um, with eight level top and, uh, sorry, eight top level nominations, jumping up to 89 points in at number two, it's AEW revolution. Mm. Yeah. So it was a very it was a hard fought battle between number one and number two, and I didn't know which way it was going to go. And I mean, I think most people can probably pick <laughs> one is at number one, but I wasn't sure which way this was going to go. But uh, Revolution, obviously, with fans in the building, is in fact actually I said at the start of this that only three of them. It's actually four of them. The hmm. so four through five, or sorry, two through five rather, have all had fans. But I actually forgot the revolution had fans. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's no recency bias there as well because that these are all like ten months out. It just shows uh, either yeah, people don't enjoy or, or those moments don't stick in your mind as much when there's no crowd to receive it, or the company's weighted stuff in a way to make better shows when there were crowds. I don't know. Probably the probably yeah. the former. Well, I think that, that I mean, a lot of companies panicked. A lot of companies threw out a lot of long-term booking, and a lot of companies were just like, oh, yeah, stadium stampede? Um, which, you know, 
yeah yeah like just like oh we gotta find some way to to make this work you know like and so much stuff and also like yeah like no everyone was like oh we don't want to do that in front of no fans shelve it for three months oh no six months oh no nine months oh god it's been a year uh so like everyone's like every like all you know like everyone's like you know big coming out party like drew like yeah drew beating brock lesnar to silence breaks my heart and i think they just saw that and be just like right no more good no more happy moments until mm. we're done and then by the time summerstand rolled out like oh well we've got to do something because this is take this is taking a lot longer than we thought so yeah it completely makes sense that while everyone while they you know we're on a long-term trajectory there's much more satisfying moments in booking like the elite um undercurrent that runs through bucks versus omega page like been building for m- years um and it felt like it was on a steady trajectory like yeah it feels loads more satisfying than you know you know kenny omega turning heel was great but it did feel a little bit kind of like the bucks thing didn't work oh what's going to work uh whereas this felt so much more natural and a lot of the stuff did like go late before covid yeah, and, and what a card this was as well. Like this is mm. like top to bottom T to be a fantastic show. Like, but the three standouts for me, obviously, the Bucks Omega page, which is just, you know it's the first ever six star tag team match in in North America. I think it's you know first ever six star tag match overall. An incredible match, but it's easily forgotten from that card is Pack Orange Cassidy. Mm. It, is easily Orange Cassidy's best match in AEW. Like I enjoyed his series with Chris Jericho, but nothing touches the brilliance of that pack match. That's a match that doesn't work without fans as well. Yeah. Like them, oh, yeah. them reacting to Cassidy rolling back and forth to make pack break and corpse. That man is like a hard bastard, and he smirked at that for reals. Is yeah, and they uh, I really enjoyed the main event. Obviously, I know that uh one person in this room is not going to have enjoyed it, but uh, uh, John Moxley, uh, Jericho, that was really, really solid. And, you know, it was, it was nice to get for Moxley to get the moment of, of winning the title. He had a rough title run because people weren't there for it, but yeah, I thought it was, it was a great moment. Nonetheless, a lot of, um, a lot of walk and brawl in that match. The, the only thing about that match that doesn't make sense, right. To me is like, he takes off the eye patch at the end and being just like, oh he was fine the whole time it's like well he still wrestled a match without peripheral vision like he still hampered himself by wearing an eye patch the entire bloody time it was a working patch it's like a two-way mirror it had like gauze in it or something he he got a theater a theater designer to make uh but i imagine this will come as no surprise in at number one so bearing in mind the revolution got 89 points at number one 108 points it went into triple digits 14 top level nominations and out of the 37 people that we had uh nominate 27 had this in their top five Ooh, we guess, we guess. oh no. yes <laughs> it's aw full gear it's aw um, full gear yeah, and I, I wonder if that might be some recency bias, but also it was a great card that, like, uh, and I think, as I said, I all out surprised me that he got into the top five, but full gear being this high up, and it was a bit of a battle between that and Revolution for a little while, but then in the end, yeah, it got loads of top-level nominations really, like, at the end, and absolutely steamrolled its way into first place. Yeah, 27 overall nominations out of the 37 people that submitted. Well, it's got, you know, it's got the FTR... Young Bucks match. It's got Darby winning the belt off Cody. That's it's got Omega versus Page as the freaking opener. 
like that current of the elite emotion running through there is as it's not just how good the matches are in on that card it's the year year and a half arguably like six years of context you have feeding into all that emotional payoff not even payoff these are just chapters in a even longer story than that but then yeah you've got kingston and john moxley which is sort of separate from that elite storytelling that's kind of a different timeline and it's just as just as raw mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean i love that bucks ftr match so so great Rewatched it recently for for a list that i was working on and it's it's just great just so so great One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, uh, So let's get into the matches then. Uh, I can reveal missing out on the top five spot in at number 10 was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly from NXT TakeOver 31. I can understand that. Uh, at number nine, um, we're 10 points ahead of it, in fact, Kazuchika Rikada versus Kota Ibushi from night one of Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. At number eight, the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, that got itself 26 points. Uh, Inner Circle versus the Elite from Double or Nothing, the Stadium Stampede. It Just was had fun. Yeah, beat the Royal Rumble. Oh, I would put the Rumble on that. And AEW pay me. I put the Rumble above that. And 
this might be the most surprising one for me. Missing out on the top five spots, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso from Hell in a Cell. Missed oh. out on it. Only, and it only beat Stadium Stampede by one point. Like, I can sort of see it if another match is on the <laughs> list. Because it's of the two, it's my second favorite. Well, let's see. Uh, well, this is a really interesting one because uh, uh, so the match at number five with 31 points, but did not get any top level nominations, even though some in the uh, five through 10 did get top level nominations, is Sasha versus Bailey from Hell in a Cell. I'm glad that made the top five. I was Just... really glad as well. Yeah, that, that suggests that it was no, yeah, no one's favorite match, but objectively everyone recognized that it was definitely one of the top five yeah a lot of consistent nominations lots of you know like second place third place fourth place um but and, and that's what got it above reigns new so um at number four um with 45 points and uh, five top level nominations in fact Ilya dragunov versus walter from nxt uk for the united kingdom championship the october yep. 29th episode of nxt uk uh, it's a match you wish it had fans there it was it's the only dave Meltzer five-star rated match from wwe in 2020 and even then it's from nxt uk oh, wow. And uh, he he did say that he nearly didn't score it because it's the most brutal match he's ever seen in WWE history because these two beat the living crap out of each other. Yeah. It's hard to watch at times. It's Yeah, it makes you feel a way. Uh, I actually think it feels more brutal bec- without fans. I mm. think fans, uh, one, again, one of the reasons why I like wrestling with fans so much is they do add an unreality to the violence. It makes it into theatre, whereas watching Eddie Kingston and John Moxley really hurt each other for not many people. It's just like, oofed. Where and this is even what this feels like a snuff film, like a proper. <laughs> like you've bought a bad DVD from a bad man on the bad internet. Um, it's like it's 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 something special. It's something else. I definitely don't want all of wrestling to be like this. No, no, no sir. But as a, it all can't be. No, it it mustn't be. Uh, but like it, but it's almost like Walter has his own match now. Walter, like Walter's style is so <laughs> distinct that he feels like this is a big step towards him being almost a Brock Lesnar level of main attraction because Walter brings this intensity with him, and the, you don't see Walter wrestle that often. Um partly because of the year of course and he's been you know over in the uh, uk but like to have got this style nailed and obviously dragonov's amazing as well but like yeah it's like special attraction wrestling yeah it's, 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 it's a good job they brought him to raw and beat him twice on his first <laughs> night there like it's, <laughs> it's also the the only <laughs> modern style wrestling match i can remember jim Cornette saying that was amazing yeah. A masterpiece, said, like, said. That should be what wrestling is now in his head. I'm not sure it should be, Jim. There wouldn't um, be a lot of wrestlers yeah. left. <laughs> it's just a shame that it had to happen in NXT UK, which I just don't think, I think like 10 people care about. And, you know, one of those is Jim Smallman. And so, like, I, I just don't think it's like, I don't think people really like who watches the show. I out of and like yeah. no one watched the following week. People went out their way to watch this episode, but like I don't think people watched the following week, like the, the week after. It's a real mm. shame. Uh at number three, with 55 points, six top level nominations, 14 overall nominations, 
Adam's favorite match of the year, the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> number three. Well, that's low, isn't it? That's that's low, isn't it? Uh, it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant. Talk talk about like sort of a special attraction. What what a shame that all the all the rest of the cinematic matches were, were dog ass. But the, <laughs> Firefly Funhouse. Uh, I can't believe WWE buried themselves at WrestleMania. It's amazing. Yeah, like Vince McMahon signed off on that Vince puppet and and everything, and like it is. I, I watching that live was the most surreal thing. Where you just sort of like, a you're watching this like incredible sort of like you know deconstruction of John Cena, but at the same time, as you say, you're watching this going like, I can't believe anyone signed off on this. Like <laughs> everyone signed off on them, basically going like, look how terrible everything is. Yeah, look, watch this guy break his own arms by trying to be a body guy uh, when body doesn't equal talent. It was just like, I yeah, it, it just felt like a huge. Like it felt like, uh, yeah, a, a dirty kind of secret that that had gotten past Vince McMahon. Maybe it was. Uh, yeah, maybe he just didn't get it. it. Was like, well, I mean, it's Friday night. We're not going to film anything new over the weekend. Sure, put it on Mania. Um, yeah, oh, it, it it was yeah everything like so like multi layered. Uh, John Cena finally kind of like feeling like him doing the right thing, and like conclusively putting over Bray Wyatt like literally vanishing from screen completely murdered and destroyed the memory of john cena and he still hasn't been back that's the best say, thing about it he is dead right like yeah. he's sort of like he's he's trapped inside bray wyatt's mind now right as there's, there's a sort of pocket universe like uh, <laughs> uh oh bollocks what's the superman one on the shadow realm oh well, the well, um, send everyone? negative uh, oh, oh my no. god no no it's not the negative zone it's, it's the awful. um Ghost Protocol. No, it's the uh, the the ah, Phantom Zone. The Phantom Zone, isn't it? Phantom Zone. I was about to say, like, Phantom Zone? No, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I think Cena's there with Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, <laughs> everyone else released. <laughs> okay, well, at number two, with si also with six top-level nominations, so the same as the Firefly, Fun Firefly Funhouse, but with 20 overall nominations, so six more nominations than uh, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. FTR versus the Young Bucks from AEW full oh. year, 17 points uh, for that match. And uh, what a match it was. So that means no Reigns versus Jay. Two Reigns versus Jay did not crack. It didn't even crack the top 15. What? The Clash of Champions match didn't crack it. I oh, prefer the Hell in a Cell one. I think they're both fantastic, but I, I prefer the Hell in a Cell one. Do you know really? what did beat Adam? Yeah. What's that? Money in the bank. <laughs> no. No. No, not Alistair Black in a food fight. No. <laughs> Reigns versus Jey Uso did get one top-level nomination, but also only got one other nomination. So only got two noms overall, so wow. got six points. Whereas Money in the Bank got two, three points, and one, one point. So it, uh, and it overtook it by one point to crack into the top 15. Oh, I think it's... It's difficult when people have multiple great matches mm. uh, in a year, so they probably split the opinion there. Well, the, I, I don't think the Young Bucks did, because I've got a pretty good guess what number one is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Different opponents. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Young Bucks FTR. What what a match. What, what, what a fantastic story that's told all the way through, because it's not just about FTR and Young Bucks hating each other. It's a battle of wrestling ideology. The high-flying Attitude Era style of the Bucks versus the ground-and-pound 
tag team offense of the 80s. Oh, I, yeah. I love the the moment when you've got uh, FTR hitting um, the Steiners and Hart Foundations mm. finish. And then you've got the Young Bucks doing the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. Like, like that sums up this mm. feud, right? It is that style of wrestling. And the, the finish is the most perfect finish of the year for me, which is that Cash Wheeler went against his own wrestling ideology to pr- almost to prove a point. And he messed it up. And he did this, I mean, an incredible springboard 450. Yeah. It's like, it a thing of beauty, actually. It was, it was bloody lovely. Very but good. That's what cost him the match. And like the promo that they, they had on Dynamite a couple of weeks ago, where he was just like, I lost us that match because I, you know, I went again. And, you know, Tully Blanchard, they're going like, no, 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 we lost the match because all three of us didn't have our heads in the game. But that finish for me is the most perfect finish for this match. I loved mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah, because it leaves so much in the tank. They beat themselves. So yeah. Ne- yeah. when they do the next match, they can win, and it doesn't feel like they're trading the title back and forth, and then you get the, the huge rubber match at the end. Oh, and when they did the DIY spot. Oh, my God, both like, awesome. they, just, they just sort of spot where they were, and they just sort of looked at each other, and were just like, oh. <laughs> you the meet in the middle. Oh, it was amazing. Just a proper, yeah, a proper history lesson in, in mm. the form of one match. Like, yeah, defi- like definitive. That's the thing. Like, um, even though I think, even though I do prefer what number one is inevitably going to be because it had a crowd, because it had those moments. It's yeah, it was just like it felt like the tag, not just the tag match of the year, but sort of the tag match of this generation, really. Like, yeah, like say both 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 teams tra- going very different routes to get to the same place. It's a, it's a really special occasion. I'm so glad it paid off. Yep, and which I think probably no surprise in at number one. Uh, with 99 points, 15 top-level nominations, and 22 overall nominations. So just to back that up, so FTR Young Bucks had six top-level nominations. This match had 15 top-level. 99 points, it's the Bucks versus Page and Omega from WWE Revolution. It was not the greatest wrestling match ever, Um, although that did, you know, it did get three points. Oh, God. From Louie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it got three bottom level like nominations <laughs> people put it at number five um but yeah it is of course the bucks versus page and omega from revolution but just mm-hmm. an, an insane match just from start to end and like even the post match is great that moment when he's just on the ramp in position for the buck shots and then just sits on the ropes instead wow. and it's tony shivani's call where he's like oh my god Oh no! I must have seen. I must have been seeing things. Like he doesn't knew. move. Yeah, there's no, there's no like. Because I misremember it all the time. I think he, <laughs> he recoils to go for it, but he doesn't. No, and you've got the the kick out at one, the Omega kick out at one, which is Ollie's mark out moment of the year. I it, went back yeah. when when everyone started talking about that. I went back to that live reactions of Ollie. <laughs> He absolutely losing his gourd at the at the number one kick out. Like your laptop almost kind of like pings into the ceiling. It's I love it. I love a kick out at one. I'm, I'm very, I'm very easy to pop that way. You must love the beginning of matches. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not just the fact that it's a kick out of one. It's a kick out of one. It's a kick out of one because it's the you know it's the 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 golden elite uh, the the, the golden lovers. How dare they do this move? And then he oh. kicks out at one. Like it almost like the him them hitting that move powered him up somehow. Like the spirit of Kota Ibushi, his love <laughs> of Kota Ibushi made him kick out at one. 
there's so many dynamics at play there as well. Like obviously the revival, sorry, FTR and the Bucks has it's like two teams against each other and those ideologies are part of each team's uh, sort of act. But here everyone's feuding with each other because Matt and Nick Jackson were having little tiffs as well. Matt was kind of going down a more heel road around this time, getting frustrated with Paige. Nick would pull him off sometimes, not in a sexy way. And their brothers, although the front <laughs> the front cover of their autobiography suggests maybe that was the case. Oh, so you've got to feel bad for them, haven't you? That's your autobiography. Like, and you didn't see it until someone else pointed out, and they're like, oh, no, we've we signed off on that. Like, what? See it. what am oh, I, what am I about to Google? So the front cover of the Young Bucks autobiography is them looking, it's all like looking down, but it does look like they're looking at each other's dicks. They tried for the Christian Rock album. (laughs) (laughs) And once you see it, you can't unsee it. (laughs) (laughs) The first time someone tells you, God, Darren Young looks like John Cena, doesn't he? You're like, oh my God, yeah, he does. (laughs) You can't unsee me. Oh, thank you for that. That's important. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, obviously Omega and Paige had their own their own tension going into it. So every, you know, everyone's feuding with each other for so many layers of conflict. Oh, and nothing even actually resolved. It was just a little oh. moment in the larger chat in the larger story that's still going on. Yeah. Do you know what nearly cracked into the top ten? Um, this got a lot of um, a lot of love actually. In fact, one top level nomination. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston from Full Gear. Nearly cracked his crack. Yeah. As did Osprey Takahashi. Uh, Kenny Omega versus yeah, Angel Page. Uh, Omega Page from All Out. Uh, from All Out, then he made it in. Um, oh, no, sorry. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus FTR at All Out. And New Day versus Street Profits from Survivor Series. Man, you know, it was in the top 15. With a few more nominations, that would have made it into the top 10. Wow. Well, I did, it's it's so nice to see so many tag matches and you know the top mm. two top two matches of of the year, according to all of us, are tags. Yeah. But do you know what's really fun about this? Because I obviously I went back and looked at what everyone's nominations were. Ollie Davis's nominations were nearly what the top five ended up as. Like, and not only that, but in order. Like it was because you had uh, Omega Page, you had Omega Page versus the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks FTR, Cena Fiend. So you got the top three spots on. But then you had Walter and Dragonoff at number five and Roman versus Jay at Helena Selling at number four. So you nearly had like you had three of the five in order. It's because I'm in everyone's heads, rent free. And in our wallets. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, that rains you so much. You were nominated for uh, Adam and you had Firefly Funhouse, your favorite, the men's rumble, Bailey Sasha and FTR Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. what was yours Vic? Uh, mine was the um the revolution tag match was my match of the year um, and i think then i actually had the bucks and ftr as my number mm-hmm. two god i just loved it so much loved it so much i actually think yours and i are very similar but i think i had walter dragon off higher because oh, oh it's hard to watch bucks can't work though they don't know psychology <laughs> no, know. um before we get out of here is there anyone uh in particular you'd like to know who they uh well they know voted as number one Mm. Well, I know, I know, Louis. What's Andy's? So Andy's uh, top pay per view was Revolution, and it was the Bucks Omega Page at Revolution as well oh, as his no. top match. Could I hear uh, Brian Zane's? Uh, you can. I did, I don't think Brian got his in time. Actually, 
And just because oh, he's got quite, you know, he's got a very different sort yeah. of no. uh, taste for wrestling. Ooh, what about Denise? Oh, yeah, Denise. Denise. Yeah, Den uh, let's see. Denise Salcedo, NXT TakeOver 31 was her top pay per view of the oh, year. Yeah. And wow. match of the year, Walter Dragunov was her match of the year. <laughs> a bloodthirsty love for some violence, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh, a broken jaw. That'll be at the top of my <laughs> list. And uh, disappointing that she was the only person to vote for Rich Swan versus Eric Young from Bound for Glory for the uh, the Impact title. That was her second favorite match of the year. Um, so yeah, that I think is probably going to wrap this up. Thank you both for for joining me through this. This was a lot of fun. We'll probably do this again next year. Um, so if there's anyone else uh, you think that should be nominating, please do let us know. Tag them. Let them know on Twitter. But for now, I have been Luke Owen. This has been Adam Blompier. That was Mr. Davis. Please click the videos that have appeared on screen to catch up with more great Wrestle Talk content. Jam that jam, everyone, and we'll see you in the new year. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.